Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think I remember my point now from about eight minutes ago. I, I view losing this division as the Brave series. I really do. I, it's, I, I understand the arguments. Look at all the bad teams. This, this, and this, this. They were mano imano with the team they were battling all year where they needed to win a game. And they failed. They failed. And look, it's disappointing. I think it's okay as a Met fan to say the conclusion of this season was massively disappointing. No doubt about it. That doesn't mean I'm giving up. I don't think I ever said anywhere as angry as I've been, whether it's on Rico Bronia or with Carton and Roberts. I don't think I ever said they're dead. Joe has gone further than I have. Joe has said all year, this team cannot get to a freaking World Series if they don't win the division. And I've said this to him. I disagree with you. They can go to a World Series because A, they're good enough to, but B, and I think this is going to be fascinating to watch on all sides. The Yankees are going to deal with it on one side. And that is how teams respond to having five days off. We all witnessed the Colorado Rockies in 2007 steamroll the National League, have way too much time off, and then be overmatched in the World Series against Boston. It kind of happened to us in 2015 after we steamrolled the Chicago Cubs. So... <coughs> I definitely think that second round, that divisional series can be real dicey. Who knows? Maybe we're going to see elite teams like the Dodgers and the Astros get picked off early. Is it a tougher road? No question about it. Look, a part of why winning the division to me was so important is a avoiding this series, avoiding a anything can happen best of three. But also, yeah, I, I understand the Cardinals and Phillies are not nearly as good as the L.A. Dodgers. And I understand I'd rather have more games at home. Like, we all get that. The road is more difficult. But we have seen this a lot over the years, whether it's the Nationals in 2019, 
whether it's the Giants and the Royals in 2014. There's a lot of examples of this where you can still win. I mean, just because the road's tougher doesn't mean you can't win. I think what's challenging for all of us is that we experienced playoff games in Atlanta last weekend and things went so badly that it's easy to kind of think of the way Lindor played, the way Alonzo played, and kind of bring that negativity with us to the real playoffs because we just saw them in big spots come up incredibly small. So I think we have an ability as fans to walk and chew gum at the same time. You can admit that winning 101 games is a really good accomplishment. And the Mets had a really good regular season while also saying it ended in a massively disappointing way. Because both things are true. It was incredibly disappointing to not win the National League East. I mentioned earlier to me, Edwin Diaz is the MVP of this team over 162. Do you agree with that, or would you go elsewhere on team MVP over the course of the 162? Uh, I look at it this way. Um, you know, I, I say this and not just as a full comparison, people that know this. I think that Aaron Judge, if he wasn't with the Yankees, they wouldn't be a playoff team. I just don't think I he won so many games for them. I think that could be said about Edwin Diaz and the New York Mets because we know we've been through those struggles. Edwin Diaz, hell, was one of those guys who struggled in the, in the ninth inning. And we're like, damn, if we only Mm -hmm. had an elite closer that can close down, there's no doubt. You've had a lot of guys that contributed, but Edwin Diaz himself put us in lockdown mode in that ninth inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, where we didn't have to worry. I think he's no doubt easy. Listen, Pete Alonso could be second fiddle. Francisco Lindor could be second fiddle too because they had a hell of a season. But without Edwin Diaz, they wouldn't win games. No doubt. So the Mets are going to open up this wild card series on Friday night at City Field. We'll do a separate podcast. We'll be joined by Sal Licata, who I know has taken a lot of heat from some of some Met fans and obviously the Atlanta Braves for the... Why? Tell me why. <laughs> well, look, he took heat from us back in June when he came on. I gave him crap because I disagreed with him that, quote unquote, the NL East is over. But I guess I give him credit for this. Even though he was dead wrong and I disagreed with him at the time, the poor guy has taken a lot of slings and arrows, not just from us as Met fans, but from Atlanta, like to the point where he became, it appears to be a rallying cry by the Atlanta Braves. Now, I think there are some on-air hosts who 100% would say, this is great. Like, this is fantastic. I love the attention I'm getting. And I'm sure Sal, like there's a part of him that likes it. Like, I'm not denying that, but I've known Sal for a very long time. We've had our battles. He is a diehard Met fan. It kills him that they didn't win the NL East. Like, you want to tell me there's a small part of him that likes the attention? Okay, fine. I totally get that. But the vast majority of that human being is miserable that the Mets failed him. So he's taking a lot of heat from Met fans. Look, the guy made a prediction. He turned out to be wrong. But he's as good of a Met fan as you'll know. And he'll be with us for our preview edition. But... He's taken quite a, a quite a few slings and arrows over the last couple of days, that's for sure. So I, I saw the tweet from, I think, uh, Tyler Matzik or something yes. like that from the Braves, yes. right? Was it? Yeah. Yes. So do you think – I think most of our audience has seen the movie Major League. Do you think they have, like, a photo of Sal and they're, like, <laughs> undressing him with every single win? That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be tremendous. It's, it's- What would be – an Go ahead. Well, we'll be, just one question. What, what would have been worse, by the way? Because the one thing I'm thinking of, listen, the Mets swept the Washington Nationals fine, but what would have been worse for everybody 
is if if the, say this the season started on time, the Nationals game was had been at the beginning of the season, and the Mets had lost the last game of the season to lose the division. What would have oh, been? What been so worse? like if the Mets go in basically in the same situation, except there's no lockout, like you said, they are up a game, final three games. If they lose two out of three, it means they win any one of these games. They win the division. They clinch on the field. The only way they don't is if they lose all three. It would be, believe it or not, it'd be worse than what we just witnessed. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, you could argue, come on, guys, it's the same thing. It sort of isn't because you had that, well, there's still three more games left. But, yes, it would have made it far worse. So what are you trying to say? Thanks, Rob Manfred. Like, what are you trying to say? I don't know. I just thought about that. We were talking about the misery of like Sal, how much pain he's in. It could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It could have been worse. So we'll preview the San Diego series. The headline, obviously, going into this series is Buck Showalter made a very interesting announcement. He announced that Max Scherzer is going to pitch game one of this wild card series and made no commitment to Jacob deGrom in game two. Now, take Scherzer, take deGrom. Names are meaningless. For the sake of this discussion, both guys are going to pitch in this series. It's just a, or both guys are going to pitch again. The thought that Buck may have right now is something we have discussed. I know I brought it up to Craig a couple of days ago on the air. I've made it clear that in this new format, best of three, if I've got two aces like this, I'd pitch my first, <coughs> excuse me. Oh my God. <coughs> I'm like the Mets in Atlanta. Over there? I oh, kid you not. Oh, no. I apologize. Um, I would start my ace. If I lose that first game, obviously I use my second ace in game two. But if I win the first game, why would I pitch my second ace in game two when I could either hold him back for a winner-take-all game three or have that guy saved for the NLDS? So I put this on Twitter the other day. I reversed it. I had DeGrom starting game one. And we'll get into the differences between DeGrom and Scherzer, the reasons for why you would start each guy in game one in a second. But 55% of Met fans, or at least those who voted, agreed with my take and maybe what Buck's going to do, which is I'll hold off my big arm number two until I need him. And I keep seeing people saying, don't get cute. How could you risk not pitching Jacob DeGrom? Nobody's risking not pitching Jacob DeGrom. Like, The concept is very simple. If the Mets lose on Friday night and they're down 0-1, DeGrom pitches game two. You cannot have your season end with DeGrom not pitching in a playoff game, okay? 100%. This is my opinion. I think this is the way Buck is going. If you win game one, great. Here's Chris Bassett for game two. And if I could win them both, I got DeGrom game one division series, sets him up to pitch twice in a best of five against the Dodgers. Doesn't that sound eerily familiar? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As 
Former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives were consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It makes perfect sense. Now, as far as Scherzer DeGrom is concerned, and I brought this up a few weeks ago, I don't know if Buck is thinking this, but I'm going to walk you through my thought on why Scherzer starting game one would make sense over Jacob DeGrom. And I think I gave you this point a few weeks ago, Hoff, where I said you always have to think about who is available and able to pitch on short rest. Max Scherzer's done it. In fact, Max Scherzer's done it a bunch of times. We've seen him on two days rest out of the bullpen. We've seen him make starts on three days rest out of the bullpen. Jacob DeGrom has never pitched on short rest. And considering he's made 11 starts in a year plus, I don't think anybody expects him to pitch on short rest. And even if he does, how effective would he be? So let's play the game together. Let's do a little math. We're going to have a little math game here. Max Scherzer pitches Friday night. If the okay. Mets could get to the divisional series, if they just get there, I don't care if it's in two or if it's in three. Rest one is Saturday. Rest two is Sunday. Rest three is Monday. Okay? You could have Scherzer on three days rest in game one of the divisional series. Well, why would you do that? So you could have him twice in the divisional series. If you don't feel comfortable starting him on short rest, he could very well be a weapon out of the bullpen or get the game two start. And if he starts game two, that allows him to pitch game five on short rest, which probably makes the most sense. That's why Scherzer in game one over DeGrom, if you're thinking big picture, which you should, because it doesn't hurt you in the short term. So if anyone's screaming at me right now saying, how could you think about the divisional series? You have to get through the wild card series. This has no negative impact on the wild card series. Scherzer and DeGrom are both going to pitch in the wild card series if need be. I'm going to say this again so I don't get tweets saying, Craig, getting too cute. No, no. Scherzer and DeGrom, assuming Jake's not like secretly hurt, by the way, let's just throw that caveat out for a second. Both of those guys will pitch if necessary in the wild card series. But you give yourself the option to say, oh, we won game one. Great. Here's the ball, Chris Bassett. Go win game two. And to me, the reason why Scherzer makes sense over DeGrom is that ability to come back on short rest. You give yourself a chance for Max Scherzer to pitch twice in that series against the Dodgers. So let me walk you through this now. Best case scenario, okay? Mets beat the Dodgers Friday night. Uh, Padres, not Dodgers. Thinking ahead. Mets beat the Padres Friday night. Chris Bassett starts game two, and the Mets win game two. Okay, DeGrom is now set to pitch game one of the divisional series. And guess who's online to pitch game two? Hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday is the fifth day for Max Scherzer. So you have created an avenue where DeGrom and Scherzer pitch game one and game two of the series against the Dodgers. Now, the Mets need all three games to beat the Padres, right? Scherzer loses game one. DeGrom comes back and pitches game two. Um, 
Bassett pitches game three. You have still positioned yourself where if you've advanced, okay, Cookie Carrasco, Taiwan Walker game one, not ideal. Max Scherzer can pitch game two. And then subsequently, if you so choose, game five on short rest. I think Buck Showalter is thinking short rest, big picture. And if you're thinking short rest, big picture, same thing for the Yankees with Garrett Cole. Say what you want about the season he's had. Garrett Cole has pitched on short rest. Garrett Cole pitched a game five against the Rays in 2020 on short rest, and he was damn good. I want the guys who I know can do it. Scherzer's done it. DeGrom's never done it. So I know there's going to be a lot of talk about this. What's going on? They don't trust DeGrom. He's not the ace. He sucks. He's going to Atlanta. I'm just giving you my thinking, which we had talked about before. I don't know how much time we had spent on it, that rest has to be a factor. And Scherzer gives you that weapon. So I like it. I'm in favor of it. Do you agree, Pete? Or do you think Buck's a moron? No, this is what you have to do because I still think, and it's, uh, we talked about this, I, I my feelings are DeGrom is the one you can't, whether or not you trust him or not, the one thing you can't trust him is in a short, on short rest. We just we just don't know how that is. So I agree. Scherzer game one I think is a no-brainer. And I have no problem throwing Bassett game two because I think overall in my own world, I think Bassett, even though he had a terrible game versus the Braves, been the most consistent it could still give you a really good opportunity to beat the Padres on in game now, two. no I want to make this clear though if the Mets lose game one DeGrom has to pitch game two I'm not uh oh yeah that's that's we're not we're not like you said we're not doing a Zach Britton here yes. okay DeGrom's pitching if, if 100% so I think that's what and, and you probably tell the guys this I don't think Buck needs to announce it you know why the heck does and Buck's always done that in the past where he plays these games of I'm not going to tell the opposing manager what I'm going to do so I think that's the strategy he's going to employ. I think it makes perfect sense. I don't believe it's getting too cute, as some people like to claim, because, again, make this clear, you are not risking DeGrom not pitching in the wild card series. We'll have another podcast that will come out on uh, Thursday, and we'll talk to Sal to get his thoughts on this, his thoughts on the Braves using him as a, as a rallying cry, and obviously overall thoughts will preview the wild card series against the San Diego Padres, who should be on the roster, who should not be on the roster. But take this in your pipe, Met fans, and smoke it a little bit. 101 wins. We may look back at this season horribly if they lose two straight to the Padres or even lose to the Dodgers in the divisional series. But for now, this was one of the great regular seasons we've probably ever witnessed. Keyword, regular season. But now... The postseason begins. That's right. Rico Bronia playoff edition. And and as far as our podcast during the playoffs is concerned, here's what I would warn you. So there's a game eight o'clock on Friday night. Okay. It's a very late game. I will be at the game. I think Hoff is going to the game that night. And the following morning, I'll be on the air with Joe. So I would lay this out. We are not going to do a Rico Bronia following game one. But we will do a Rico Bronia following game two, which could be a celebration. It could be a funeral or it could be a preview of game three. And we will do a Rico Bronia, obviously, after game three. So as far as after playoff games are concerned, I'll give you this schedule right now. We will definitely do one after game two. We will definitely do one after game three. One after game one. Well, that Rico Bronia will be at 10 a.m. with Joe Beningo and me Saturday morning. It'll be like a live Rico Bronia, if you will. 
But anyhow, really appreciate you downloading and listening. I'll be with Craig at 2 o'clock. We're actually going to do full shows on Thursday and Friday. And obviously, Pete producing Fatiki and Tierney. Thank you for listening to the final regular season edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>